So, like, take off to the great white north. Take off. It's a beauty way to go. Take off, you hosers. Chris Killingsworth joining me as always is Thomas Williams. What's up, man? Nothing much, you know. Uh, no, I'm good. You know, I'm just enjoying a Montreal Canadiens win. Uh, you know how it is. That makes one of us. Carter Lupel, <laughs> how are you feeling, buddy? Uh, feeling good tonight. How's it going, Chris? <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's not going well. I'm frustrated. I'm flustered. Um, yeah. You know, like, I'm not going to, like, uh, Toronto baghead this and be like, fire the GM, you know? Like, I'm not <laughs> going to do that, but I am frustrated. I will say that. I you guys should that. have had it. Like, we, like, it was after the first period, the Leafs were all over the Habs, and it was a, it was a communication breakdown that led to an overtime goal. Like, I after like watching from the second period on, I was like, well, fuck, there's no more Habs hockey after this. And then like, I'm scared going into game six. Um, and if anything after that, but it's, I, I wouldn't be frustrated there. You guys have the better team. I think you're posturing a little bit just to make me feel better. And I do appreciate that. No, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I, I'm on it. Like you're a big sucker fuck you guys uh, i'm excited i'm obviously excited my team won but we did not get outplayed we outplayed you the first period and we we're all fucking over you we we swarmed you guys there was two three men on the puck every time we came out like yeah. we wanted a game we wanted to keep our uh series alive and then we just ran out of gas for the rest of it and that's like the the, the honest truth of it all like it's obviously i'm excited to win like i want to keep watching my team yeah. in the playoffs as as anybody would, but um, I'm a realist. <laughs> like it's like anybody who knows anything about the game can watch him. Like, oh shit, that wasn't an even uh, two periods and a bit of hockey after the first. Yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna turn my frown upside down. I'm gonna grind it out from here on out. It's episode 85, guys. We just finished watching. The Leafs and the Habs in overtime, game five. We're going to game six on Saturday in the Bell Center. Uh, so I think we go from there. But 
we'll do, we're going to do a little quick playoff recap, see how everybody's yeah. feeling. But before we do that, let's do some life updates. Thomas, what do you have for us, man? The wild are <laughs> wild right now. That, that's part of my recap. But uh, no, life update, there's nothing There's nothing much to talk about, really. Uh, I'm actually trying to think now. But uh, lately, I, I told you guys before the show, but lately I've been really interested in this guy I found on Instagram. Uh, Hasbula. He... Uh, <laughs> He's a, a mint, uh, <laughs> uh, small person. Um, <laughs> but, okay, cool. No, cool, but cool, cool. He's Episode like eighty-five. Man. Thomas gets canceled. Okay. Yeah, uh, but he's, also he's, height doesn't measure heart. He's Don't awesome. He knew that. No, he loves. He loves. Yeah. Hockey. Did you just not watch the hockey game? Height does not <laughs> measure heart. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Dude, I know no, you so, stand short kings like matt zuccarello no but i've just been obsessed with watching this guy i don't know what he's saying he just hangs out i think he's from russia he loves khabib or habib uh, okay UFC fighter um and all he wants to do is fight people or like pose with cars and it's really great it's just great content you know it's just great I mean, to, I... it's, it's to have like a refreshing just like you know just to break it up in the social media just like to find some yeah. piece, piece of joy that's a, a a russian man that looks like i think he's 19 but he looks like he's four um yeah and it's just fun he's the I russian mean, Ver, he's the russian Vern troyer oh uh, no but I, I, think, I think he has something I, I, oh my okay i'm not gonna say something yeah, i'll probably edit maybe this we, out yeah, maybe but, no, but I don't think he is. I don't think he's technically a dwarf. I think it's like, like literally, like the medical term dwarfism. Yeah, but I think, okay. I think he's just has like, I don't know. I'm not. Yeah, I wasn't being it. facetious when I said he's the wow. Russian Vern Troyer. He's literally the <laughs> Russian Vern Troyer. Okay. <laughs> I love it, Carter. What's new with you, buddy? Uh, not much. Just um, I started a new job for the summer with, uh, that startup. So just mm. going through that now. Um, a boy. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a researcher and writer for, um, for this new startup company, uh, that's they're like an education company, uh, like a financial literacy education startup for, uh, like women, minorities, marginalized groups. Um, so it'll be a fun, uh, fun opportunity for me to secure some funding for a good cause which will which will be exciting to put on on my resume and for for my head and my heart for the summer after spending so many years in advertising where you like feel you know like i don't know what the term is here did you feel like you lost your soul before and now you're like on a chase to get it back oh yeah it's a it's a total spiritual and spiritual cleanse <laughs> i like it I like it. Yeah. Okay, cool. The hosers spiritual cleanse. I like this. We're just going to get all of our emotions out uh, and we'll go from there. I think that's and probably... you, your life update. Yeah. Chris. There really isn't one. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, life is, life is, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty whatever right now, you know, lots of hockey, lots of, uh, you know, lo- lots of sunshine spent a lot of time uh, outside today. Uh, the weather's been beautiful, so I've been I've been feeling good about it. But yeah, no, not a whole hell of a lot. Just 
you know, getting ready to, you know, see you guys and record tonight and talk about what the, the, the goings ons, as they say, uh, in the hockey world. But, you know, I am feeling a little flustered with how the Leafs played tonight. Um, that's been a bit of a challenge for me to work through. Um, and I don't feel great about them going, you know, into the Bell Center on Saturday for game six. Uh, I think, didn't we do this song and dance with, with the Blue Jackets at the, the play-in last year? Were the Leafs up 3-1? They were up. It was 2 They were. Yeah, I can't remember. But they could have lit. I think it was maybe 3-2 and they couldn't shut them down. Yeah. But it's yeah, a, it's like a I said, big hill to climb for the Habs for a team that don't have a, as much confidence as the Leafs have. It's a big hill to climb. Mm-hmm. Like as like I'm trying to be a fan and a realist at the same time. Like, yeah, just like from being around the game my whole life, there's not a lot of teams that like when they lack confidence, they can pull themselves out of a hole like that. Right. Like tonight right. was something that might help a bit. Um but I don't realistically see it. Obviously I want to see it for my fandom and like for my, like I was so happy when they scored in overtime tonight. Like I'm yeah. like, just, I'm just coming down from it, but it's it, like that, like quickly there's like a wave of reality that comes, that sets in after that. Right. Um, yeah. Just, but, I, sorry. But... No, no, I, I just, I, it'll be interesting to see what happens because like if Montreal can play like they played in the first period, which I don't think that they can sustain, um, yeah. it's going to be a game seven at the very least. Um, if they can keep that type of pressure up, the Leafs didn't know what to do with that swarm. Like they, the Leafs aren't used to playing against a team that is two, three men on the puck every single time. You saw them, yeah. they, they outshot them like 16 to 16 to eight or something like that. The first period, I can't remember what exactly it was, but it was, it was crazy how much they outshot them because they just didn't have any possession because they didn't have a moment to breathe with the puck. Right. And then coming out of the second, you can see the Habs were clearly gassed and they couldn't keep up with the momentum that they had set for the first period. So yeah, if yeah. they can find find some wind, then it'll be a game seven. Um, but if not, I think the Leafs can take it home at the Bell Center. Man, I hope so. And I mean, I don't want to dwell too much on this series. Thomas, I know you had something you wanted to add. Yeah, I was just going to say, despite like the result tonight, who do you think like feels better about the game? Because like, like you were saying, Carter, like Montreal played well and they were able to get a three nothing lead over the lead over a team that they were like seen as the heavy favorites or like the Leafs coming back and tying it and forcing overtime. Like I feel like the bigger win for the Leafs, like, like, like they are able to just like will their way back into games within like half a period kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Right. It's tough. I think it's tough. Like, you could see positives coming out from both teams. Like even the Leafs, like if the Leafs, if Montreal just kept a three nothing lead and say the Leafs like scored one goal and then like, and then it just fizzled out and then ended three one, then I feel like Montreal would be feeling way better and Leafs would probably feel like shit, but you could probably take more positives away if you're a Leafs fan 
that this season is a little bit different where you have a team that can, can completely just control, take over the game with like just random shots on net and take advantage of poor defense and poor opportunities from the other team. So oh, absolutely um, like the Habs aren't shooters. The Habs aren't really a cohesive unit. Like it's, and then you have the Leafs that are finding, they're finding chemistry. They're, they, they're finding defense and yeah, wherever they look, they're finding goaltending. <laughs> so I it's, feel like it's, it's going to need to be a personnel thing, right? Like the funny thing is, is that, you know, when I was listening to a lot of the, the stuff prior to the game starting, you know, there were a lot of people that were dumping on uh, the Habs lineup, you know, taking Kulak out and putting Gustafson in and, you know, talking about how like that Gustafson and Merrill pairing was like defensively, defensively irresponsible and stuff. They like did a that. great, they did a great job. Yeah. But Gustafson played well tonight. Like yeah. he, he, I thought he played, oh my God, Banshee. So my cat literally bad. just jumped yeah. into my fucking face. That scared the shit out of me. Um, so I think that there's this, this layer of, can you guys hear the cat? Yeah. No, she's, she's crazy. Okay. Banshee go. But if if you think about like the opposite side of that was Sandine, like Sandine gave up two goals, like, and he looked on on his own. Yeah. He looked really bad tonight. Like you can, yeah, you can look at the personnel and think like, what are they doing with their coaching choices? And they're picking the picking them for a reason and sometimes they win sometimes they lose right and if you think of Sandine staying in his line in the lineup then it's like he he cost two of those goals and if you want to like mince words he cost the game you know what I mean yeah so yeah um, but I don't know if if the if the Leafs uh, can stay away from reading any of the bullshit that Leafs Twitter has to say about them, then maybe they'll go into game six with a good headspace. Um, I personally oh. take offense to that because as you know, everybody on Leafs Twitter is completely rational about everything. <laughs> you know, so... I gotta I gotta tip my hat off to TO. He's such a such a good rational fan. Like yeah. anytime I read what he has to say, he's always it's not that he's walking the fence. He just sees both sides of the game so well. He's very thoughtful, I think. Yeah, well, it's not even that he's thoughtful. He's a realist. Like, or he is thoughtful. Like, it's not even that he's just thoughtful. He's a, he's a realist about it. And I appreciate his fandom of the Leafs, just as I appreciate yours. Um, or just I, as I appreciate you guys and how you guys are fans. Like, it's you, yeah. you, see, you see hockey in a different way than, like... Like I'm, just the, just what's in front of you, right? Like, yeah. Like we had. A, I'm we had a little. A small, sorry, go ahead, buddy. No, we just had a small conversation, like briefly about refing, and like everyone's like, "Oh, no calls, no calls, no calls, no calls." Like it, like on the Leafs, but it's been no calls both teams, and not even just for the Leafs and the Habs, but the whole playoffs. Like they're not going to bog down playoff hockey with like every stick or every like yeah every grab or anything like that like that'd be the worst fucking playoffs you'd ever watch if they called every little thing right like they're trying their best to call them when they have to and sometimes they refs have bad judgment when something goes a little too far that they think when they see it is like routinely going to be uh like what they've seen in the past but i don't know hats off to Tio for being a rational fan If, like if we're it. getting if we're getting to the officiating thing, I find it very challenging. I find like 
positives or like like we're talking about ration rationale and like being uh rational but like i could find very valid points on both ends where it's like they should be calling everything and they like calling it by the book or they should be just like completely like staying the same like it's just like yeah. I do get that it's frustrating as a fan, just like knowing that. Oh, for sure, yeah. Like, oh fuck, I forget when the the Wild had a power play last night, and it was like out of nowhere, and it was late, and then they were able to like score the, um, score another goal off of it. But they're already up to nothing. But anyways, um, it's just like you. It's frustrating knowing that like in certain game situations you're never going to get a call like if it's late and tied and you're like you're, they're never going to force that and it's like the same yeah but it's also human nature like i feel like if you take away that part of the sport and i guess it's frustrating having like the quote-unquote third team out there of being yeah. like oh you have to like factor in all the refing and everything and ha- and that having an effect on the game but it's also like the human element of it like i would rather watch something where there's where referees make mistakes than everything being perfect it's like it's like being for the if there's a computer ref then yeah it's like a robot umpire or whatever yeah like i would hate that i'd rather have that like those mistakes and that's what makes sport interesting and it's not about playing it on a spreadsheet or playing it on like a play-by-play like list or event of the events or whatever and seeing what team deserves to win but like it's all just mistakes and it makes it interesting and it makes everything more like fascinating to watch later on and then, yeah. and again it is frustrating and it is like and then you could complain about not getting the right calls in the moments where your team would have had an advantage and it goes no, for absolutely. every team like i don't think there's a fan that hasn't complained about refing like during the in the middle of a game ever like oh for, I, but it's also I'm the, I'm the worst for it like i yeah. like i'm always like oh that should have been a call that should have been a call but then at the end of the day i'm in the camp where like the ref should let players play until it compromises safety then they should yeah and they should be yeah. doing their job like it's, it's if they called every cross check like we wouldn't have players in the nhl like that's how people yeah. go in the corners that's how people clear the net now that's how people catch up to people now it's all stick work well that's and so Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I'm just saying, like, if we call that, if we call every single thing and we hang our head, our hats, or like our wins or our losses on the refs not calling things, like, it's like we're pretty sad bunch of fans if that's what we're meaning to. And like, it's, it's, sorry, Chris, (laughs) but like, I was just going to say, like, it's, um, fuck, what was I going to say now? Oh, man, I had a good point. Oh, couldn't have been that good. <laughs> Compromising safety. Compromising Me have a good. Safety. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like about um, like I when I get more frustrated and actually like really pissed about refer like officiating is when it 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 is affecting a player's safety, like a bad yeah. board a bad boarding call or something like those hits where you're like, what the fuck? Like those players know that they're just gonna like get away with it, so they're gonna like smash their like the other dude's yeah. head like into the plexiglass like it's just like uh, i'm noticing yeah i've noticed this playoff series like this like first playoff round and i've never seen it before 
like this prominent, but players, when they're going, like they're chasing a puck down that's been dumped in, they're sliding into the puck and then the players are going over them and they're falling into the boards like face first or neck first or things like that. Like it looks like it's almost an intentional like slide into the puck. Like I've never seen, like I've never seen this before in hockey. Like normally like as a hockey player, when you like, when I would skate into a corner, I would want to make sure I'm as sound and I'm as like, I'm as sturdy and I'm as wide as possible. So I don't go into those boards or I don't lose my footing. Cause when I'm going full speed like that, that's when I break my neck or I break my wrist or I break my leg or, yeah. but I, I've, I've noticed this weird phenomenon. I, I feel like it needs to start being, that's what I feel like shit needs to start being called is because like, you can't slide into a player to take his footing out. Like that's an intentional penalty. Right. And so I've noticed it this playoffs and I'm, I'm, don't know where the hell it's coming from but they're it's like they're skating in for the puck and they're sliding as they get into it and then like the player who's skating with them is like going in like head first or neck first and it's like you're you're sick to your stomach watching it and you're wondering how these guys are getting up and continuing to play right that's right baby well no i'm just like that's Yeah, I, I I agree with you guys. I think like before we move on, we obviously need to talk about John Tavares's injury in game one. And, you know, I'm sure, you know, the conversation has been, you know, well documented, but I just I, you know, saw the video of him skating at the the well, not the practice facility. I guess he was skating at the ACC today or Scotiabank Arena. Yeah. And mm. yeah, it's it's just, it's very good. Obviously when you see that type of thing, like you worry about someone's well being beyond hockey and, and into their life. Right. And I am oh, just, give, I'm just given grateful how bad that he's it was okay. to watch. Yeah. yeah it looked, was really bad to watch. You look good tonight. Just cheering on the boys. Yeah. yeah. Which no, is it's a great, great sign to see him on the ice only like a week later. And yeah. Um, and like, yeah, like not not in a wheelchair after yeah. like being pulled off like that and looked like he had no legs anymore. Like it was insane. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I agree, big time. But whoever wins this series is going to uh, be playing the Jets. I feel like you know, in the spirit of doing some recaps, um, how wrong was I about Edmonton? You didn't factor that it was Edmonton. They were so fucking bad. Yes, yeah. I think I said it. I've said it at points for other things, but playoffs is where the depth the depth of the team gets exposed, and that is exactly kind of what the Jets did. And the Jets aren't that depth deep themselves, but they just like got a little bit of so lucky. long. But yeah, and like, and their forward group is deeper than Edmonton. Even though, like, in the top players, I would say, like, at points, we're able to equal Trisaddle and McDavid during the series, too. Like, e- Nikolai Ehlers is so fucking good. Like, mm-hmm. even though he just played half this, like, half the series or whatever, like, it's just unreal. Did he come? In- whatever. Doesn't matter. Details. But uh, he, like, it's just, there's players on that Jets teams that are so, like, weird and do, don't get the recognition just because they play in Winnipeg and because they 
the Jets, I feel, don't have any expectations for them. Like, they had yeah. expectations for one year, and that was when, like, Line was, like, after his, like, rookie season, maybe. But, yeah. yeah. The Jets are a weird team, but the Oilers fucking sucks. Yes. They couldn't figure it out. And, you know, here here's my hot take. I don't think that the Edmonton Oilers are going to really have any type of success as long as Connor McDavid is the captain. No. Does the captaincy matter well, that much? Well, it does. I think it, he, he... I think it because I think I, I thought you were going to say that they they're not going to have success as long as Connor McDavid is there. Well, maybe the the issue, and I think that Carter and I are on the same page. And I promise we didn't rehearse this at the dog park earlier today, Thomas. That's but true. every single time I'm that the Edmonton Oilers have felt any type of adversity in the playoffs, the camera pans to Connor, and he's just boo boo face every time. He's yeah. sulking. He's just looking miserable. And like, I, I get that. And I understand that that's, you know, part of it. And I mean, obviously they're going to point to the camera at McDavid a lot. Um, so I'm sure there's other players that are frowning as well. We just happen to see McDavid more than anybody, but I don't think he has the composure that's necessary to get that team out of some of those darker or, or bad moments where they need to like really slow it down and figure out exactly what they need to do to get, you know, the train back on the tracks. Uh, Because to me, more often than not, it just seems like when he gets to that place, he, he can't like really shake it off. Does that make sense? I think this is similar to what people were probably talking about Sidney Crosby when, before they won the cup. That's Uh, in what what way? Like I think he that. was seen like he has the same personality as McDavid. They're both very bland. They don't think about anything except for hockey and like in life in general. So mm-hmm. I think that, and again, to your point of like him looking kind of sulking on the bench, there's probably like clips of JT doing that, but you wouldn't call him a bad captain. There's clips of probably Sid doing that Chara, whatever. Like there's like, I feel like we don't know what Connor McDavid is like to his teammates. So it's hard mm-hmm. to say. And maybe he's just not like, he's, he's a very, I don't know. I don't like, like. So I, I, th- I think yeah. what it stems from, like, I agree they're very similar in the fact that they eat, sleep and breathe hockey. And they're two of the greatest hockey players that will ever live. Um, but I think they're two completely different hockey players. Oh, um, I'm not saying on the ice. And, I'm saying on the that... ice and off the ice, like I think so. F- yeah. If you look at Sidney Crosby, I think Sidney Crosby fosters like a, an environment and a culture of making people better around him, and he's known for it. Like Sidney Crosby's known for going on the ice and making everybody around him better. That's like you. Whenever anyone plays with Sidney Crosby, not only Sidney Crosby's a superstar, the people to the left and right and behind him are a superstar as well. McDavid has fostered a culture of individual successes. And so like whenever you look at McDavid's highlights or McDavid's leadership or McDavid's anything, it's what has McDavid achieved as McDavid. And you saw that in that series against against Winnipeg. Like you saw Dreisaitl trying to do it all on his own. You saw Darnell Nurse trying to do it all on his own and he can't. 
um, like he's a great defenseman, but he's not a defenseman that is a standalone. Like he needs a solid pairing to have his greatest success. Right. So I think what McDavid has done as a captain, and this is just from being around the game, this is not looking at paper or anything like that. You can see the mentality of individual successes that he's fostered in Edmonton. And I think with him as a leader, who's worried about like his own individual, like he doesn't want to leave Edmonton, frankly, because I think he's the king in Edmonton. Like he's, he's never going to have to worry about a thing in his life so long as he's in Edmonton. Yeah, but couldn't you say that he'd be like the king wherever he went in the event that something did happen and he did get traded? Like, I, I agree with you for a good chunk of that. I think where where it's different is that, like, I know people are like, well, anything can happen. Wayne Gretzky was traded. I just don't think that Connor is the personality type to ask for a trade in the same way that like a Jack Eichel would. And like for me, you know, I know that they've got a ton of cap space this upcoming season. Um, It's like what, $22 million or something. So they'll be able to build their team the way that they want to, which I think is, you know, significant. However, um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't particularly think that uh, a strength of his, at least right now is, you know, having the composure to get out of those tough situations and, you know, dealing with some ambiguity on the bench and, and you know, not necessarily feeling just that, that, that he can alone turn them around. I think in a, in a pinch, he can score a couple of goals and get the team back to where they need to be. But uh, we just really didn't see that uh, in the playoffs. Yeah. And I mean, coupled but- with Ehlers being gross and hellebuck playing well and mike smith not really playing all that great um yeah Yeah, there's there's just so many factors with like the four games and like it's just it's hard because like literally connor hellebuck's one of the greatest goalies in the league right now and like um if not the best and then like you have both teams are very fragile and i think connor mcdavid does make everyone else better than without him on the ice um similar to Crosby like he's basically made James Neal have an extended career and he's basically created Zach Cassian to stick around in Edmonton but um and drive is better with him than without him and all that stuff but um, that's not how he that's not how he measures his success is what I was getting at like he doesn't foster that like type of environment because I feel like at his core he's worried about what he's putting up yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't want to, like, I don't want to assume anything of what he thinks and what he wants. And um, Yeah, but yeah like, we don't know how we, like, we don't know what goes on behind closed doors. Yeah. Like, it's, I'm just going from what I can see from the sample size that I get from what they show me on TV. Right. Like, and it's, like, that was, I thought that was very big of him to release a statement about uh, Ethan Bear. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. And I thought that was a, huge captain move and i got a little bit more respect for mcdavid after that came out um not that i didn't have respect for him i just as a captain i was like okay that's a good captain move um yeah and not some not something i expected from him giving his like very like melancholy composure right it was in edmonton so fuck like i'd be missing yeah too <laughs> i i agree with that though carter that's a good point like you know he, he did. And I mean, obviously just to quickly touch on that, like all of that craziness that Ethan Bear is dealing with 
just such a terrible situation. And I'm glad it seems like the hockey community, you know, in Edmonton and just the hockey, you know, community uh, in general uh, are all, you know, taking as much of a stand as they can and, and wanting to get involved and, and supporting. I saw somebody the other day uh, talking about how cool it would be to like, allow players to uh, have their name plates uh, on their jerseys, you know, for a week or for a month, be, you know, whatever their name is uh, in their, their native language. Uh, I know you guys have probably seen the, mm-hmm. the, the jersey with his name in Cree, which is just very cool. I almost yeah. wish that they just did that all the time. Like yeah. there was a period in time where they weren't even allowing like umlauts on people's names. And now we're starting to see that with like Stutzel's name. Um, and uh, who's the other player Hoaglander. that started to, uh, Hoaglander as well. Yeah. So, I mean, anything they can do. And I think like this type of representation is super important. I hearken back to the Edmonton Oilers game where they had, uh, you know, a young girl singing Oh Canada um, with that kind of an English, uh, like the, the kind of the one you'd hear most, most commonly, uh, but then um, adding in uh, some Cree elements as well, which is really cool. So yeah, they got to look for more ways to do that, but yeah, Ethan bears, you know, doing the best that he can um, making, you know, lemonade out of lemons with the, with the situation. And uh, you know, I, I hope the best for him and his family for sure. Yeah. Yeah. How do you think Thomas? What? No, I was gonna say I want you to lead into the next thing. I know well, you're I gonna, gonna ask us a good question here. I was gonna uh, move on to more uh, capital H hockey analysis. Um, oh, but uh, you mean capital hockey talk? Hockey talk. Uh, <laughs> who do you think? If you guys want to talk and stay in Canada a little bit, the Leafs, Jets, or Habs, Jets, and it'll probably be Leafs, Jets. If yeah, you want to do a little preview, so. um, what do you guys think? Because we might we might not record again before like game one of that series. So, uh, not, not projecting anything, but I don't know. I don't know what the schedule will be. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll have to see. I mean, I think if it's Leafs and Jets, I still feel really confident about the Leafs' ability against the Jets. Like they played well against the Jets all year. Um and if it's Habs and Jets, I feel like those teams are built fairly similarly. What do you think, Carter? Yeah, I, I feel like the Habs and the Jets have had trouble with each other. Like they played they played 500 hockey all season. Um, so I, I'm in your camp. Like I feel like if it was if it was Leafs Jets, the Leafs wouldn't really have. It's not that they wouldn't have too much of a problem with it, but. Um, like they I feel like they might have a tough time from the start. If like because if it is Leafs Jets, then the Leafs will have gone to seven games, um, and the Jets have had this big rest, um, so it it might be a scary time for the first game or two for um, for the Leafs. But I feel like the Leafs will ultimately come out on top um, yeah. over the Jets. But I feel like the Can- if it was Canadians Jets, I feel like the Habs would be too gassed after seven games with a well rested Jets like squad to make mm-hmm. any impact on the Jets. What do you think, Thomas? I think the Leafs would be facing a much different team than Montreal. They'd be changing from a team that like wants to play as defensively as possible and few mistakes, and but they'd still make mistakes, um, to a team that 
is basically all gung-ho like offense and then relying on their goalie to bail them out um Mm -hmm. so yeah it'd be a different approach but i do feel like those teams play well against the like the least play well against those teams because they could kind of especially this year where they could kind of stifle their top forwards with Mm -hmm. like bro with brody and muzzin and all those dudes um and kind of focus on the main guys. And then like, basically you just have to worry about like Mason Appleton. <laughs> like, <laughs> you don't and Andrew Kopp or whatever, but like, I, I think yeah. it'll be an interesting series no matter what. And um, Habs Jets, I don't think the Habs will be able to come out of this and face three games straight in elimination, but who am I to say I'm cheering for the wild to do the exact thing that I'm just said the Habs couldn't. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, Habs Jets is, is interesting because it's like, I think the Jets would absolutely stomp them because whatever Montreal attempts offensively, I think Hellebuck can handle. Yeah. Um, and whatever the Jets offer offensively, I think Montreal would just crumble. Like you have Ben Chirot, like and Joel Edmondson, like yeah, shitting their pants about whatever, like. Ehlers and Connor Shifley, all those dudes um, coming up. But yeah, I think I think they're facing uh, the same thing right now with the Leafs, though. To be fully honest, yeah, yeah, like yeah. they're they're facing just as intensive an offense, and mm-hmm. they they're kind of they're kind of up. I think the Jets, yeah, their upper hand. They have a more composed playoff bully. I would also yes. say the difference yeah. too is is that the the Jets are already getting you know they they've activated their top guys Shifley's already playing well Connor's already playing well um you know Wheeler you know has been playing fairly well as well right so you know I mean I don't want to necessarily keep diving back into the Leafs but that's that's a frustrating point right is like guys that you expected to be activated and ready to go um with with Marner and I know Marner you know and, and Matthews had a goal tonight but um, you know, th- those guys are already coming along. Right. And it, it is frustrating to see that Matthews has been, you know, not a huge factor in this series. I think that if the Leafs were to, uh, beat the Habs and, and go and, and play Winnipeg, you know, that's what my expectation is, is that, you know, we see Matthews, you know, turn it on a little bit, Marner, turn it up a little bit, uh, Hyman, you know, continue, Nylander has been by far the best made belief uh, in this entire series. The Habs, I feel like their mandate has been to shut down Matthews and like that has allowed Nylander to just be on fire. Like he's, yeah, he's come right out of his shell with them not giving Matthews any room to breathe because they know like if you give Matthews more than a second with the puck, he's going to do something dangerous with it. Right. So yeah, that's where a lot of their, shutdown focuses is on 34 when he's on the ice and that's allowed Nylander to find his game right and mm-hmm. he's he's real like it's I still still don't like him that much but boy has he, <laughs> has he come to has he come to play hockey these past few games before yeah before we need uh we move south to the other series we need an official apology from you Carter yeah, I think no, we do. I still, yeah, I still don't no, like we, the fucking No, we shit. need an official apology. No, I'm not apologizing. <laughs> That's how I feel about it. <laughs> when have you ever said sorry? When have you ever said sorry, Thomas? Uh, I'm saying it. I'm oh saying it right now. Um, <laughs> for everything. <laughs> for, yeah. <laughs> no, I. My apologies. I'm admitting that he's 
on fire. He's playing great hockey. He's been by and large, he always has. if, if not the best, one of the best like <laughs> players in this entire series. Um, and he's, uh, he's obviously one of the largest reason reasons why the Maple Leafs are seeing the successes that they're seeing this playoff round. Uh, you love and to so, see it. And so, um, like, I'm not apologizing for not liking him because I still don't like him. So he's just, but he scares me because if if we keep letting him run and get the chances that he's getting and um, and let him run with the confidence that he has, he's a dangerous player for our longevity in, in this playoff run. Thomas, you get yeah. to pick the next series. Go ahead, buddy. Uh, maybe because it's playing right now, but I feel like a Canes Preds because I absolutely hate the fucking National Predators. Yeah. I was pretty oh, critical fucking... about the Predators and said that like they were the most boring hockey team I've ever watched. Um, yeah. They have at times, I felt, uh, have looked okay. Um, I, out of principle, do not want uh, the Canes to win just because uh, no Thomas wants them to win. So you got to keep a little bit of... Uh, Was this America versus Wachinski? Uh, no, not at all. I can't compare <laughs> ourselves to them. We're much better than they are. But, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, like to me, it's it's crazy, right? Like I, uh, I, I am really, really, really interested in seeing what uh, what ends up happening here. You know what well, I mean? The Preds are up 2-1 in game six right now, so they could force a game seven. And um, the Kings just haven't looked that good offensively. They've forechecked as what as they do. They dump the puck, chase it, try to establish offense in the, in the zone. But I think the Nationals D-men are just too mobile to kind of – they can get around it and kind of do that. And that's kind of what I've seen um, with my non-trained eye um but i don't know like it's just it just sucks from mccain's point of view of like going to this old trope of like literally i think i saw one game they're out shooting them like 35 to 13 or something and the preds were up like 3-1 and it's like of course like it's just (laughs) it doesn't fucking matter any like the canes can just like unleash like all the shots they want and like now that slavin's back and they're able to like have slavin hamilton which is like arguably the best pairing in hockey yeah. Um, like it's it's hard because then you just don't see the offense sometimes like they just go blank and like Sveshnikov is very streaky um, lately and then like Aho's always showing up that Aho Teravine and, and like blind is just like it's Sveshnikov hasn't been great but like Teravine and Aho have always been there for them and it's just I don't know it's yeah. just it's frustrating it's weird because like the Canes I feel like were everyone's pick and then they they might get knocked out by a team that is literally just riding a hot goalie, like yeah, they, they're not they, expected to really do anything beyond this series. Yeah, if you know, like, exactly. It's literally like the 2013 Leafs, like is Nashville, like right now, like they're literally just like have no one, like at the fours. They have a couple of dynamic players. They're, they're line, living like, on a prayer. Yeah, and then like and then they're just riding UC Saros all the way, like like a miniature pony. Like, how about your boy Luke Coonan? He seems to be looking pretty good. He's not my fucking boy. He tried. To, <laughs> I, tra- I think he tried to kill someone like in Game Five. Like he's allegedly. <laughs> he, ended, he ended Brian Little's career, so just trying to end other careers. But um. Oh my god. He. I don't know. Whatever. 
the Preds are just like <laughs> everything about them, just the whole vibes, like just like defending Mike Rivero. Like I'm still holding on to that. I'm just like, oh I, my immediately, God. I immediately think of them. Like, it's just like Rivero and then all the, like the catfish shit was annoying. And like, it was just like, they just act like they're the best, like marked in hockey and like all the fucking time. And it's like, sure, like they're loud and like have fans and chants and whatever, and it's fun. Yeah. But like, it's also everything, like everything. I feel like natural. everything you just said could also apply to the Vegas Gold Knights. Yeah. And I hate Vegas too. Yeah. They're, they're I hate Vegas. I'm so over Vegas, man. They're I'm just, so done yeah. with that fucking team. If we're moving on to that, I'm, yeah, I'm glad that we have to. It's, uh, yeah, that, that series has just been a fucking nightmare for me. But it's been great. <laughs> man. They play like the wild have played so well and I would love nothing more than them to beat Vegas. I'd love nothing more than that. Truly. I, I like, I just, ugh, the team itself, just, they, I don't know if it's the people that like Vegas that annoy me or it's the team that annoys me, or maybe a combination of both Carter, please don't take this personally. I know you are a lifetime fan. Um, I, you know what? I think it's their Twitter account that I hate. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what it is. <laughs> I've, I've it's decided the whole vibes. It it's the vibes that a team gives off. Like it's the fucking vibes. Yeah, you know the fucking vibe. Fucking vibes, bro. <laughs> with the star, um, with the star emoji. So vibes. the only thing that's going right about my bracket is that I've picked Minnesota in seven. That's right. <laughs> yeah, we so all. Well, we all picked. Didn't we all pick Minnesota in seven? I picked Minnesota in six. Well, that's not handsome. Maybe I don't know, but uh, yeah. The what I've seen from the wild have been like I'm just gonna go on like another little like I feel like I'm taking over the podcast. I'm sorry. Do your thing, buddy. It's Um, all good. We we're we're with you. But the thing with me for the wild is that they've shown that they don't really belong in the realm of like contending teams. So if they can just pull off like an upset and play as the pesky team that like knocked over one of the people that like one of the teams that people were expecting to contend on the cup, like just to be annoying. And they're going to get shit kicked by the abs if they go through, like, they're just like, they played, <laughs> they like the one hope I was going to the Vegas series. Like they had a five, one and two record against Vegas. And like in the regular season, it's like, okay, well they really have like five and three playoff, like, bracket whatever like going by playoffs but it's still like they have had advantages over them like they should kick them i think like six one one game yeah um and caprizov just showed up like crazy but (laughs) with the abs they look like an ahl team next to the abs they just can't like they can't figure them out like it's just like the system that they do is just like exactly what the abs want to play into like they yeah I feel like Minnesota's whole thing is about limiting quality. Like, that's why you see Vegas is, like, out shooting them like shit. Like, it's just, like, no matter what, they're going to have more shots than the Wild. But they're all shooting from the point. It's just Petrie, Angel, and Theodore just, like, just attempting shots and trying to get them on net, and they're so low danger. But then the Wild are just, like, it's this black hole in front of Cam Talbot that, like, prevents any actual key opportunities. And when they get in there there's like Suter or Spurgeon or Dumba to try to, and Brodine to kind of limit that. Um, where with the abs, it was like, they're not, the way that Jerry Bernard has them set up is that like, they're not dumb enough to have those shots from the point. Like Eric Johnson's probably the only 
like and Kamal Car has a re- really good shot, but it's like they are also very good passers too. Like Devin Taves and like Sam Gerard will like won't attempt a slap shot from 40 feet out. Like when they have <laughs> when they have McKinnon, Landis Gog and Rain in front of them. Like they're not gonna try to get Landis Gog not att- trying to attempt a tip when like McKinnon's right there. It's just like it's just this kryptonite thing. So um we'll see tomorrow night uh, if they're able to um actually get into that second round but the whole series has just been so up and down like games two to five like the wild look completely shit there's nothing was really working and they had to depend on a one nothing overtime win in to get win game one and then the last two games have been arguably like their best easily their best of the whole series but like some of the best games like I've seen them play this season. It's just like just everything clicking and like Fiala being Kevin Fiala and being unreal, just being able to like stick handle and dangle around every single defender that he faces. And then getting that shot off that I feel like is like going a million miles. Maybe that's just my, my uh, fandom coming into play, but I don't know. It's this team is exciting and I think it's uh, definitely like a future thing to look forward to. There's no expectation right now, but if they could pull off an upset and kind of rattle a few cages on the way to like still rebuilding and still having a bunch of prospects in the pipeline, then why not like do it? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm with you on that. I, I, I think it'll be interesting. Like, you know, we (laughs) Carter and I talked about it on the last podcast, like, the while they're playing with house money, right? So if yeah. if it's a situation where they are able to beat Vegas, and God, I hope they can, because that's just fantastic. Uh, think of the clicks, Thomas. Jeez. Oh my God, we've uh, already hit. We've already hit some <laughs> record highs. Bad boy. There you go. So I just, you know, there's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of positivity there, and um, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting. Should we move into? Uh, Colorado and, and, and St. Louis. <laughs> oh my God. I like hardly watched that series. I'm gonna be well, honest. I did say uh, St. Louis would sweep Colorado. Uh, <laughs> so Carter, maybe you should kick us off on this, on this particular series. Well, Colorado actually swept St. Louis. Yes. No, um, I was there. Thank you. <laughs> so, oh my God. Um, but no, it was like Colorado just came to play. Like they, it's not like they they had um there's like they still had their fair share of problems like we had like we had Kadri like get suspended and like we we, we kind of saw our struggles like it wasn't uh it wasn't like a like a it wasn't like a high scoring series but it was like uh it was like they Colorado played Colorado hockey and they just walked all over them right and so it was, they, yeah. they, they didn't have an easy time doing it in four games, but in Colorado fashion, they did it in four games, right? Yeah, it was, it was really weird in the sense that like, you know, when Falk hit happened with Kadri and I mean, that's, that's a whole other thing. Um, it almost felt like then they just could not ever get the momentum going again. Yeah. Um, I, and I've completely lost faith in Jordan Biddington's ability to be a number one goaltender. 
Um, <laughs> you want to talk about a guy that has just absolutely no composure. He, he at, at times fucking... in that series was like legitimately embarrassing because <laughs> like, I get that he's a fiery guy and you know, like you, you want your goalie to, to have a couple loose screws to a degree, but yeah. he just did not, he didn't look like himself. Bennington. I mean, I've got like a personal vendetta against Bennington because he was my starting goalie in fantasy this year. And uh, <laughs> I was seventh place out of 12 people this year because of Gordon Bennington. Um, and, and I, you know, up, up until this year, like I was, I was a big fan and this, like the last, I would say three to four months just leaves such a sour taste in my mouth. Uh, and, and I don't know, like th- his contract starts, um, you know, this, like his extension at least kicks in, uh, this upcoming season. And I'm just not convinced that, you know, that he is, I guess what he projects himself to be I don't know it just it, they, they just couldn't get it figured out the defense looked bad yeah I, I was gonna they, say it's not yeah. all Bennington like he didn't have a blue line supporting him at all those well games. I think when they lost Pietrangelo I think there was probably a part of them that was like you know what we've got Falk, we've got Pareko you know we've got Vince Dunn who you know at times just scratched like healthy scratch this year um they, I just, uh, Pareko, they had a Krug. They, had a Krug. they have, well, yeah, Krug, in my opinion, wasn't the same type of difference maker that he was in Boston. No, yeah. he um, was not there to play. I don't think that Krug's even necessarily figured it out yet. Pareko was super disappointing this year as well. Um, I'm not sure that he was ready to, to step in and be like a one or two defenseman on the Blues. Um, the Hoffman experiment did not work out oh whatsoever. <laughs> um, there were some bright spots, obviously, but um, yeah, overall, the whole thing just left a really sour taste in my mouth. Um, I, I don't know. It's a bummer. What did you guys think? Like, I don't know where you go from if you're the Blues. Like, I don't like that team at all. They were just one of my teams that I just, like, don't have on my list of ones that I want to support. Um I'm more like and I'm more like into hating teams than liking teams, I guess. But um, so St. Louis is on your Go axis on. of evil. Yeah, St. Louis, uh, Vegas, and Nashville. They've made it on the axis of evil. Yeah, they're they're uh, they're right there. Um, Yo, Ryan Johansson just scored. I, it's I know. I saw. I saw that. <laughs> That's why I'm in a pissy mood right now. But um, oh my god, <laughs> no, it. it's just like I don't know where you go. Like St. Louis has a good core. Like Ryan O'Reilly is so good. And Braden Shen can do whatever. And then, like, but I think it might be, like, a whole system thing. Like, on paper, they're not that bad. Like, losing Tarasenko for a lot of the year hurt them offensively. But I think it was, like, they were also – I saw, like – not to be, like, two numbers, dude, but, like, I saw some numbers and stuff, and they were the worst defensive team going into these playoffs, like, compared to the regular season. And maybe it's just the – the teams that they're playing against, like they had to face Colorado, Vegas, and Minnesota or whatever for a long time, for a lot. And then, um, but I don't know, like, it's just, they're, they're such a weird team where like, I feel like they're still going to try to contend and there's still, I don't know what their cap situation is, but I feel like they're still going to try to add or make some trades. Like, but I feel like, 
maybe they'll hit on a couple guys and like, and they'll actually play well, but I feel like they're better when it's a full, like five man unit commitment to defense. And they weren't that. And I think they're able to do that more with Angelo because he was such a stabilizing force for them. And then Ryan O'Reilly playing so much and earning that con Smythe during their cup run. Like, I think, those two guys meant so much for them and one of them gone kind of just like loosens them a little bit for them to just all fall apart. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, Same they're missing place. that leadership in Petrangelo. Like it's evident, right? Like you saw, you see that in any team when they lose like the, those like key elements of veteranship in their lineup. Right. Yeah. They, anyway. they lose, they lose their guiding light. <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, not to play house, but um, shall we move on to our Florida Panthers uh, memorial service? Uh. In the arms <laughs> of the angels. Yeah, I mean, the first, I mean, we didn't talk about it because we hadn't recorded since, but the first uh, Panthers and Bulls game uh, in the playoffs is the best game of hockey I've seen in probably five years. Yeah. Um, that yeah. was insane. Oh my god! The like the Blues and Bruins series, you know, a couple of years back, like that had a couple of burn burners, but that series, like, you have two teams that like legitimately hate each other. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, man, I I just I thought it was great. I I was hopeful that Florida would be able to figure it out. You know, that team had a lot of great stories. You know. Ryan Lomberg is a household name now. Um, you know, Sasha Barkov played well. Mm-hmm. Huberdo played uh, not as well as I hoped that he would. Um, but, you know, they were they were great. And I thought that they had the depth. I think, you know, in, in my opinion, the goaltending uh, has, you know, continued to let them down. And, you know, you look at that Bobrovsky contract and I just, I shake my head, man, like, Shake my head, man. I, I think next season we're gonna see like more of a tandem with him and Knight. Like Dreger's gone I, to somewhere else. Like I yeah, Dreger's gone. But yeah. um, but even then, I don't know how you can pay Bobrovsky ten million when you know. I don't know. I don't want to say Spencer Knight is, you know, like ready to go. I mean, he did have a great year this year. Yeah. World Juniors. Um, you know. He, he was great. Like I thought that he played super well. He had a great end uh, to his college career. Uh, and then of course playing in the NHL playoffs, it's just, I don't know, man, that Bobrovsky contract is a nightmare. I knew it was going to be a nightmare the moment it was signed, but it's really showing uh, it's, it's worth or lack thereof uh, yeah. over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I think it's just something that they're going to have to swallow and kind of deal with. Like, they're going to have to really go into heavy, like, finding those bargains like Carter Verhege, um, getting, like, picking up, like, late free agent pickups like Anthony Duclair, who, like, no team apparently wanted and was able to slot in their top six. Like, just, like, chipping away and just something that they're going to have to overcome is that Bobrovsky contract. And they have... They have two seasons of Spencer Knight um, making on his rookie deal. So, like, they still have a little bit of flexibility. And if you have, like, $12 million invested in your goalies, it's not the best scenario. But, 
Like, yeah, it's not as bad as it could be if it was like, I don't know, like completely shit, and then you didn't have another guy like Harry Price or, you, or something. But like, just on on Bobrovsky and any goalie for that matter, where do you guys sit with goalie signing five plus oh. year deals? You you don't need to, anything that has shown our in these playoffs is that you don't need to invest heavily in goalies at all. No, you, you really you just, don't. You just draft like maybe, honestly, I'd wonder if people draft more goalies now because they're seeing like, you could just completely luck into a guy um, like a UC Saros or whatever. Like you could just get that in the late round. So then you could like have that in your system or you could sign free agents or whatever, or make a trade like with Campbell or whatever. But I think teams are not going to be giving up those contracts anymore. And if they are, then it'll be to guys that they have drafted and developed, like a Carter Hart or something. And even he shit the bed. So he's going to get a discounted price or a bridge deal now. Um, yeah. But guys like that have come up and they're not going to be making, I think, north of $7 million anymore. Like, like, what do you think, like, Merzlikin's next contract is? Like, there, he's one of the best goalies. Like, he's a top-ten goalie probably in the league. Like, mm-hmm. so what do you think he's going to make? And as an RFA, he's probably going to sign, like, a four-year deal at, like, four per. Like, it's nothing. Like, it's just, like – and I I, I don't see teams kind of – smart teams anyways. Maybe there's some dumb, like, Ken Holland-run teams that will try to invest in goalies. But um, I don't know. It's just – I think it's a trend that has been continuing and more evidence of it has been popping up more recently. Yeah. 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 I think that's, I think that's fair. I mean, I don't know. I think. Yeah, I, I get is what is there. So, so Chris, let me ask you a question. Go ahead, buddy. Is there a goalie that you would pay more than 10 millions for? right now if you're building a team if you're trying to comply to the cap no definitely not not even a little bit i don't even know if there's a goalie that i would spend seven million dollars on really ten million dollars like vasilevsky hellebuck vasilevsky hellebuck yeah but like the thing is like to your earliest point in this kind of uh you know series i guess is, you know, we're seeing that you can get great goaltending for, you know, what's Jack Campbell making? Like 1.7 million, right? Like, I like Vasilevsky. I think Vasilevsky's a great goalie. Um, I feel the same way about Hellebuck. I just don't think it's practical to spend that much money, that type of percentage of your cap, uh, that particular way. Uh, and, you know, goaltending's goofy, right? Like, you, you can ride a hot goal. Like, you know, we're watching... UC Sorrows right now. Uh, I mean, I'm literally watching UC Sorrows right now do that. Um, uh, and like I said, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't really, to me, it just doesn't make sense. Like, that's why, you know, there's people that are like, what are the Leafs going to do about Anderson? Um, you, 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 you get him a nice town car and you take him to Pearson and you say, thanks, but no thanks. Thank you, Freddie. It's been fun. Um, story buddy it's, like bye it's so it's so hard because it's so random too like you see the tristan jari experiment too like it's that oh yeah they co- he completely cost like we'll talk about pens later i guess but like he completely cost the pens like if it wasn't for him they would have beat the islanders no doubt like mm-hmm. they so you're playing a tricky situation my 
feeling is that there are a couple goalies like that I would like automatically, like I kind of mentioned already, Hellebuck and Vasilevsky are those, like kind of those top two top tier goalies that have like I think deserve whatever like top goalies are going for. But like that middle ground is becoming so gray. Like Mrazek being a find, you have your Campbell, you have your Merzlikens, you have your Kopasala, you have your um, Anton Kadovin randomly, like, and those kind of mushy middle, I feel like are easier to find. Like if you expect the ceiling for a goalie to carry a team is so high that I think it's worth paying for that, like proven talent. But then mm-hmm. if you just want someone that's stable and can like provide you a decent amount of games, like Cam Talbot for the wilds, like, it's just like, you can kind of get those mushy middle guys, those average to above sure. average players for basically nothing. So I think that's where like okay. a lot of smart teams are like, aiming for, Let, but I think yeah. it's those, those extra players I feel like I'd pay for. Because I feel like we need to turn into the Islanders and, and Pittsburgh. Okay. Let's look at it this way though. Sorokin and uh, Varlamov weren't really anything special this year. Um, I mean, at times they were for sure, but I think, you know, there was some consistency issues in my opinion. Um, and wouldn't you rather spend less money? Like I think Sorokin is still on, he's on like a $1 million deal, I want to say. But like, wouldn't you want to reinforce your defensive corpse? Or maybe you look at, you know, in a perfect world, you're Barry Trotz and you have like this amazing defensive system that can shut down most of these teams anyway. You're probably not worrying so much about the the caliber of goaltending you have when you can put out six horses every night if you're the island, right? Who can effectively shut down a team in the neutral zone 80% of the time um you well, know we then we were just talking about the call like the avalanche like grubauer is not a good like a very special goaltender like mm-hmm. they just got like the they got Holpi's backup like any other team kind of like how the least got bernier from la mm-hmm. like kind of just like this guy is deserving more of a role and we need a goalie so let's just get him for a second round pick or whatever like i think yeah. the very good teams that want to and it's all about team building too like i think teams would rather i think we're seeing now more like invest in talent that will prove more like a good blue line and a good like top six forward group than and just settle for like a average to above average goaltender mm-hmm. and i think that's yeah. more sustainable so. i think you're lucky to get like the chris osgoods of the world more so than you are you know, the Marty Brodeurs or Patrick Wise of the world in, in certain series, right? Yeah. So I, I don't know. And at the end of the day, um, you know, can you ride a hot goalie? Yes. But I just, I, I just don't think it's the right move to spend, you know, that kind of money on a goaltender. Let's, let's move into the Islanders in Pittsburgh. We don't have to spend a whole lot of time on it. Uh, but like Tristan Jari was just, absolutely brutal one of the worst goaltending performances i've probably ever seen um it was 2012 mark andre fleury esque it was uh it 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 was really bad did you watch any of the games carter yeah yeah it was disappointing like just to watch the game um like the elimination game and to have them score 
three goals in like 30 seconds. <laughs> like it was, yeah. it was just fire. Like I, I literally, I forget what I was doing, but I, I think I went downstairs to plug in my phone and then I came back upstairs. Like I went downstairs to plug in my phone and it was three, two. Then I came back upstairs and it was five, three. And I was like, God damn it. Like, how does this even happen? Yeah. They just, and, and, the weird thing is, is there were like some bright spots for Pittsburgh. I felt like, like I thought Latang played fairly well in this series. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, Kapanen uh, as a, you know, former Leaf fan, uh, former Leaf fan, as a wow. former Leaf. Well, they, lose one, Leaf ga- they lose one game. Already, <laughs> Listen, I know I was somber at the beginning of the episode. I am still a Leafs fan. Um, but, you know, Kapanen looked, looked good um you know Crosby obviously looked good I didn't think Malkin was really anything special I don't know where you guys uh were at no. with that well he was like he's he's still fresh legs right now right like it's yeah and so it, you can tell he wasn't the Malkin that we're that we're used to like he was he was noticeably slower like um yeah like in his feet and in his like in his reaction time right it is cool what the Islanders have been able to do without Anders Lee. Um, like Brock Nelson <laughs> has been oh so God. good. Um, you know, like Kyle Palmieri looks like probably, I don't know if it's fair to say the best trade deadline acquisition. Um, Hall, okay. t- I mean, Taylor Hall, but we'll get to Taylor Hall, we'll but like Kyle Palmieri has got to be up there. Um, yeah. They've just looked so good. Ryan Pollock you know, continues to just wow me. Um, just the absolute rocket of a slap shot this guy has. Um, he had it when he played in Brandon. He still has it now. Like, it's still his calling card. Um, so it was cool to see him score last night. I think that was the game-winning goal, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, um, so there was, you know, there was some good stuff there. And, uh, you know, the Islanders, I wouldn't profess to say that it's always exciting hockey because that's not true. Uh, but they were playing with their food last night. Um, and, and Jari just looked absolutely brutal. And they didn't really have much that they could have done, right? Because Casey DeSmith uh, is injured. And I think their third string goalie is Max Legacy, I want to say. Oh uh, and, and something was going on with him as well. So, like, there just wasn't a whole lot they could do. But um, I wonder if they signed, I don't know. Uh, they signed Chris uh, fucking Dredger. Trigger, Trigger, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I think I think goaltending is pretty much all they need to fix because that's still the, a good team. The um the Chris Trigger situation is interesting to me because do like do you remember when Cam Talbot was on uh, the Rangers and yeah. he was like the next guy that was going to go because obviously they weren't going to move Hank. It was like um, Ran- and then they- Ranta too. Like Ranta as well. Yeah. Like there was a period in time where like that was, you know, you could always count on, on uh, the Rangers to move out a backup goaltender. It, yeah. It's to me, at least similar kind of vibes. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just the new, it's the new hot thing. And those don't always pan out. Like we were just talking about Bernier or whatever, getting the backup of a team that already has an established starter. Like, um, like Mrazic, like Peter Mrazic on uh, in Detroit. Like he was just behind Jimmy Howard and Ken Holland would rather keep Howard because he was nice yeah. or whatever. Um, so yeah. So then like, so then he went to Carolina and then now he's doing great. 
he had a couple yeah. rocky rocky seasons but yeah now he's stabilized yeah. but well and with up. carolina i think Nedeljkovic is the future right like oh yeah like James Ryan was a UFA so I think like they'll kind of tandem it I think a lot of teams yeah. will probably kind of try to tandem like a young guy and like more established guy um yeah I don't think we're as a Cree signs is he a UFA as well oh yeah he is. Uh, I believe so yeah Fuck. yeah he might, he might he not is. unless he really likes Carolina and that team and if they win if they win then fuck yeah. like I don't give a shit but Shea um, just fucked up Nick Cousins. Good. Fuck Nick Yeah, Cousins. I knew you'd love that. <laughs> um, but um, should we talk about uh, Boston and the Boston Capitals Islanders. and then we can wrap it down a little bit? Uh, yeah, I think I'd rather have the Caps. I would have rather had the Caps win. Um, just because it's more fun kind of when they're in and Boston's Boston. But um. I don't know. It was an interesting series. I think that was one of the more entertaining first rounds for sure. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I, I thought it was a great round. It was um, like, it was nice to see. uh, I don't know. I I was kind of rooting for Taylor Hall. Um, And so it was kind of nice to um, see him get some some success um, in a place. And so... um, I, I had Boston in six and they ended up going in five. So um, even though my brackets like completely ruined, it's, it's nice to see that I pick <laughs> something right. <laughs> um, yeah, fair enough. But yeah. no, like aside from like, like I really liked watching Oshi play this year. Um, like I think he was, he really stepped up to the plate this year and um, more so than other years proved to be, like not only like a commanding presence, but a leader like on and off the ice. And so I, I, I kind of felt ferocious and um, it, it like watching Ovechkin play. It's always like, he just wants the puck so much. And it's so like exciting to watch all the time. Right. Like even when he's at his worst, you can tell that he's still trying to scramble to get that puck as much as like, he's almost like watching Tykes hockey, but someone who, like plays at an elite level like he wants that puck so bad um but no I I wanted to see Boston Boston get some success in that one um just because I like I I knew it'd be a a tough series just going up against Chara and everything like that but um I'm I'm happy Boston won um but again like it was a toss-up I I would have been excited if either of them won but I wanted to see Boston a, a little bit more than Washington this time around yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm with you on that, man. I think. No, go ahead, Thomas. No, I was, I was just gonna say, yeah, because I feel we like both. Boston deserved it too. Like, I think, yeah, I feel they like just same. played better. Like mm-hmm. the Caps kind of shot themselves in the foot a little bit sometimes, but uh, yeah, I think Boston just plays too much like sound defensive hockey when they want to. Like, it's just they could completely just turn around a game. And I think it'll be interesting with the aisles when maybe Boston will try to be more offensive and the additions of like Taylor Hall will play more of a part. But yeah, yeah, I think if you want to do a quick preview of that series, I think it's going to be basically like two, one games for everything. Oh yeah, for sure. It's going to be so I think they'll, they'll shut each other down as much as they can. Uh, I'm excited to see Eberle and Hall uh, against each other. I think that'll be pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, I, I, I mean, to be honest with you, 
Uh, I've got the Islanders in six. Um, Against Boston? Yeah. Yeah, I feel no. really, really good about their ability to shut Boston down, man. I I don't like both fan bases, so it's easy to like just try to care call about this. this series. Yeah. <laughs> like, but I think I think Boston being in it, I think I just like Boston better just because they like their coaching is feels so underrated and like kind of just how they're built is just so interesting. Right. Like Charlie McAvoy getting a deep playoff run and guys like Matt Grizz, like come like um contributing later in but like and I think the potential of like a Boston Toronto rematch is too good to pass up. Um yeah I think uh it'll be interesting. I think things just get a little bit more interesting if Boston stays in. I don't know who they're potentially matching in the semis. Like is Boston Tampa a potential semis thing? Or will it be in the West? Like a Boston Avs? Oh fuck. Boston Colorado would be See, insane. The the only thing why I, I I am maybe leaning towards like I think Boston from like a player standpoint has it over the Islanders. Like I think yeah. Um, but I I think Trotz has just like something something special about him. Like he's like he's turning he's like to the Islanders organization. He's turned into a bit of a Belichick, right? Like he's he's somehow like made all of these like he's he's basically turned like c's get degrees hockey into like b plus hockey right and so it's it's been interesting to watch the progression since he's taken taken the team over um so it'll be interesting to see what they come up with against boston but i think if it's just player for player i think boston has it yeah yep well, I think you guys are both wrong. So okay. suck on that. You're just a big, a t- too big of a Ryan Pulak and Adam Pellick fan. No, I am, dude. Like, you know, like the, the Scott Mayfield. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like, you know, when like, like the, the fuck boys, like the, uh, they do like the ice in the veins thing and then they go, sheesh. That's me with Ryan Pulak yeah. and Adam we're Pellick. Gonna, we're going to, we're going to have to edit that out. No, we're not. No, we're not. Keep it in. Keep it in. I'm gonna put it. Um, I'm gonna repeat it through. I'll have it at the I beginning. Love that. Just, I just love start that. at the beginning, just like a she, yeah. and like have the, it go through the whole episode, and then at the end, it'll just go shh. Oh my god! Close it. Up. I think it's great. Um, yes. anything else you guys want to talk about before we shut her down? Was that all the series? Yeah, yeah man. Oh man, we took a trip around the NHL. Um, I ask that anyone thinking of traveling outside of the province to go to the Habs game, please don't. We're in a fucking pandemic. Are like, people to, planning on doing that? That's like, I'm sure every Leafs fan is saying, let's try and buy up those 5,000 tickets. Oh my God. Yeah. And did you see like, how expensive those tickets were? They're like a thousand dollars. Like I minimum. saw them on resale rate like when we started recording the podcast for about twenty four hundred dollars a pop. Jesus Christ. I hope anyone yeah. that does it just to go be a dickhead gets like slap like gets like general insurance. Like they get an example made out of them. Yeah. <laughs> like for gonna, it's it's just gonna be like Vinny up from like Richmond Hill like getting all uh, his real estate bros together. Vinny's like... Vinny's from Woodbridge for the record. Okay, sorry. Uh, Eli from Richmond Hill. 
Um, there you go. <laughs> but I, I please ask that just like, let's, let's follow the rules here. And like, I know people are getting vaccinated and we're starting to see a downswing in cases, but we still have rules for a reason. <laughs> let's not be fucking idiots just because you want to heckle a team. Yeah. I don't like, know. I, I guess we'll see what happens. I want I nothing more win, than man. to be in. I want nothing more than to be in the rink, win or lose. But oh man, yeah. I, t- no, I, I was I was getting frustrated seeing people saying, "I'm yeah. buying up tickets. I'm buying up tickets. I'm buying up tickets." Like fuck off. That's annoying. Anyway, some I guess more of a positive or disappointing note. But uh, I think I saw like just a typical like whatever behind the scenes like a warm-up video of like players going down a tunnel and then coming out and like going to the benches or whatever and i was like yeah. man i miss being in an arena so much like it was the kind so of the, much probably the strongest feeling i felt that like early on i was like oh i miss being in like scotia bank it was nice like whatever um but yeah just now where i'm seeing all the stuff and just like seeing hockey and it's like i would kill for like a belleville senders game like i i would just like <laughs> oh man it would go to the marley's so get go to the marley's game getting a hot pretzel and a warm bud light oh yeah, sign me up let's do it oh it my so goodness much. jenny's game i like it jenny's yeah. colts oh my goodness oh yeah there's a rivalry now now we have the, the turf wars now <laughs> i like it i like yeah. it a lot yeah. all right well boys let's let's shut her down it's almost bedtime for me um follow the podcast on twitter follow thomas follow carter and i sometimes when we're using social media um remember that uh, you can subscribe and listen to the podcast on uh, itunes google play spotify soundcloud uh, all those other weird places uh fill your boots leave a uh, review if you're so kind you guys want to add anything else before we shut it down um no let's uh Let's. Um, this has been a good playoff playoff round. I'm excited to keep. I'm. I just feel so thankful that we get to watch hockey this yes, year. Like it's. Too. It's yeah. Like I. I just to Thomas's point of like wanting to be in the rink. Like, let's let's all just be thankful for for the game of hockey and how much of an emotional roller coaster it's brought me on this year. <laughs> That's a great sentiment to end it on, oh. Carter. Do you want to start the Go Leafs Go chant or should I? <laughs> <laughs> sing, uh, are you gonna sing least forever chris and uh, i wished each other good luck as we drove out of the dog park today yeah it's true like two classy oh gentlemen God. i uh yeah oh yeah i was so like this is the most south austria thing but uh, i was taking for enough for a walk this afternoon and um there's like i probably saw at least a couple dozen houses just have leaf jerseys hanging up in their front windows <laughs> or like leaf flags it. on the porch it's like man this of course it's, it's all the old logo too i saw like a oh bundle. yeah it's like lanny mcdonald jerseys or whatever we, like, saw, just, we saw it's all phil kessel dog. jerseys there oh my yeah God. i was just gonna say carter and i saw a guy we saw a guy in the old uh like the dion Phaneuf uh reebok jersey today oh my God. <laughs> so yeah that, we love that guy <laughs> The, the old Reebok jerseys and uh, good life bags are the only things that are going to survive the apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> oh I, think, my God. I think my Hurricanes jerseys are Reebok jerseys. So, uh, I'll it just, is. yeah, dude, I'll, that's going to be your, 
that's gonna be your casket. Like those <laughs> those Reebok jerseys are indestructible. <laughs> it's big enough to be Thomas's casket. It's too, my it's, it's my six like XL. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! All right, guys, I'm going to bed. I got to work early in the morning, yeah. and I have to have uh, sweet dreams of the Leafs winning on Saturday. But love you guys. We'll record. Uh, you know when we feel like it. So yeah. <laughs> love you, boys. Okay. Love you guys. After all that we've been through To the end I just